All right, we're back with another episode of Towel Lake Talk, and uh, this is Casey, and with me we have special guest, um, introduce yourself special guest. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Jake, I'm the special guest. You'll recognize Jake's amazing voice from uh, the Kevin Smith episode of Those Geeks You Know, so our other podcast, um, you'll hear a commercial later on <laughs> and uh yeah so jake was on there and he's coming back and um this episode we're going to talk about comics um nothing exact about comics we're just kind of kind of go off <laughs> about you know what we're reading what we used to read um what we're looking forward to uh, a lot of crazy shit's been happening in comics lately um so why don't you talk about like how did you get into comics jake so when i was a kid course i got comics but they're all the stuff my dad bought me yeah so i have like death of superman uh, i think it's spider-man 300 it's a shiny cover green yeah. goblins on it okay uh maximum carnage issue one okay. the thing is i never had like a full storyline for the longest time i just had random issues uh-huh. and probably about like three years ago i started getting back into graphic novels lock and key really pulled me back in oh i love lock and key i met the artist at comic-con gabriel rodriguez or yeah. something i think lock and key is amazing okay uh so that got me pulled back in and Gabriel. then i started doing digitals and then i ended up going to california rolling and eating sushi and going to the comic book store there and, oh in aranakoi um no up here at goodman oh comics uh, etc ex- yeah. here in rochester new york gotcha. and then they moved out <coughs> so then i went to all hero comics in yep. greece and now i'm at first print and i spend way too much money on comic books <laughs> so do you think like what what was one of the comics that you were introduced? I mean, you said Spider-Man, a couple Spider-Man things. A couple Spider-Man. I had Batman the Animated Series, the comic book. I just bought a couple of those. I have a couple of those hanging around. Um, Cowboys of the Moo Mesa. It was a comic book of a cartoon that was on Disney. Yeah, or I watched the cartoon. Yeah, they had a comic book, so yeah. I had those. <laughs> that was some of the ones. And then uh, where I got my haircut, they had comic books for kids since it was all during... Right at the end of the code era, so it was all kid-friendly stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Um, who do you think is your favorite comic book, you know, person? Because I won't really necessarily... Nowadays, it's not heroes and villains so much. I mean, it's like you could be a comic book about what we're doing right now about podcasting. <laughs> I mean, like... Oh, you could. Yeah. Oh, man. My favorite comic book person. So... I really like Scott Snyder's stuff. Okay. But he doesn't know how to end a story. <laughs> Witches is still going on. Batman's still going on. Yep. Swan. Um, uh, he didn't do did. Oh, what was the, the one that. He, the Wake. And great first five issues. Iffy issue six through nine. Yeah. Horrible issue number 10. That was just like, where did this come from? This should have been. A standalone five issues really? by itself. Wow. The like stuff they tried to cram down your head in that last issue was just like, I no, this this should have been its own miniseries. Didn't he do Animal Man? I think so. Okay. Um what really got me into him was American Vampire. Right. I've okay, read the never whole mind. First Maybe that's cycle. what it is. Yeah. I'm on the second cycle. I'm I'm worried because the second cycle's where it's gonna end. Yeah. So I'm worried what's going to happen there. But my favorite comic book character, Batman. 
Okay. I love Batman, and I mean Thor is a second running, but yeah. I just got into Thor recently. Right. Because of Jason Aaron? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> His run. Uh, let, let's just hashtag gore for Thor 3. Let's just cancel Ragnarok and just go with gore because it's such a good character. I mean, it's the end of all gods in Ragnarok. Why can't gore be that? That would make sense. <laughs> he can be Ragnarok. It would make sense. And, you know, in looking back on it, I believe you could pull something symbiote in with gore because he pretty much had a symbiote attached He's got to that black... Like a uh, sword thing. And it's a goo that attached right. to him. Like right. in the series, you watch a god fall from the sky with the black goo on him. Yeah. And it goes to gore. So right. it's definitely some sort of symbiote type thing that takes him over. And how far are you in Thor? Like, I am. Okay, so. Have you read Annual 3? I think it is. Yeah, the newest annual. The CM Punk one? Yeah, the CM no. Punk one. Is it good? Oh, my God. Do you mind if I spoil something? Uh, for the listeners? Sure, Jay. Okay. So, in the annuals, they've been doing a story with Old King Thor. Yeah. Um, during Old King Thor time, Asgard kind of is surviving. He's got three granddaughters, but Midgard Earth is completely destroyed. Right. Uh Actually, I think it might be Annual 2 where this happened. Um, so Galactus comes to eat Earth. Right. And it's destroyed. Thor goes to protect it because it's Midgard. This is in the annual? I thought this is in the normal this run. This might be in the normal this run. This is in the normal oh, run. So th- okay, that, what I you're saying, make, I know. Okay, so this is in the <clears> normal <throat> run, but I think they make reference to it later in the annual about something happening with okay. it. Um, so yeah, Thor... Starts fighting Galactus, and he can't do it. But he knows where he put the symbiote goo that was on Yeah. Gold, and he goes and gets it so he can kill Galactus. Yeah. And instead of killing Galactus, he stops it, and the goo attaches to Galactus. Yeah. So now there's Galactus, the world destroyer. Huh. So in the new annual, Thor actually brought life back to Earth. Okay. Um, with his granddaughter's help. And there's reference that the world destroyer is going to come back. Well, that and would be... old King Thor is going to have a bigger fight against a Galactus with the goo on him. Well, that sounds insane. Yeah. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I mean, secret wars just don't destroy the current continuity of Thor. I'm... Uh, so that, that was the thing that I wanted to bring up. And like I was saying before about the current kind of state that we're in. Um, so we're in the middle of... We're in the middle of Secret Wars. We're at, at the, the end, end of, of Convergence, Convergence. right? Um, DCU. So we're actually uh, recording this on the day that DCU starts. Do you know what DCU is? The DC Universe, the new universe, or is it what they're calling it? They're now? calling it DCYOU. That's like so. New Fifty Two gone, which I knew, and now it's DCU, and oh it's God. like the new Superman. Um, there's supposed to be a new storyline for Wonder Woman, and I'll talk about that a little later because I'm not quite happy. I don't know if I'm pissed, but I'm not happy because that's one of my favorite comics that's going on right now. But um, there's a, there was like a Twitter voted person. Uh, there's another Gotham Academy or Gotham University coming. Like so, there's like just a bunch of like random shit that I don't care about necessarily. Um, we, but it's, it's more like 
and we, you and I had this discussion with one of the people we worked with, how as old time readers, not even super old time readers, but like since the new 52, we know what's going on. But then one of our coworkers is like, well, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to jump in. And this is good for me. Started like, the new 52. DC, it's, it's a brand new universe. Right. DCU is this new thing. So all the other continuities before pre, pre-crisis is, is happening. Uh, post-crisis is obviously still happening. Futures End, you read all that. You did read that, right? I spent m- way too much money on Futures End. You spent... Was it $3 an issue? $3 an issue plus... Times 52. Some of the random lithograph future ends they did during the event, which right. literally made no sense as standalone comic books. So you're in like 200 bucks. I'm in way too much money. <clears throat> um, on one comic. <laughs> on one comic. And I'm probably going to end up investing more on it because Batman Beyond, Tim Drake Batman Beyond, spoiler to the end of Future's End is taking place in Future End's universe. Right. That's not going to spoil anything for me, because I, I, I want to see Batman Beyond. And that I, I'm excited about. And Future's End, if you read, like, the last five issues, would give you, with the first five issues, would give you all the information you needed for Tim Drake, Batman Beyond. Well, then I'll read There's that. There's a ton you. of filler in the middle involving Frankenstein uh, getting Hawkeye's arm... And, or Hawk Hawkman, Hawkeye, Hawk whatever yeah, his yeah. arm. And because it has nth metal, it cures him and makes him human. So Frankenstein dies because he comes human again. Um, there's, I'm, I'm going to say that I don't think Future's End was well planned out. Or if it was, midway through the series, they said, hey, we're doing this convergence thing. You need to make this fit in the storyline because... Real Brainiac is a key to the Future's End story for, like, five issues in which they shrink him down so he's not a menace, which causes the Convergence Brainiac to exist. Right. So I feel like that's forced. It's not needed in the story at all. Like, you could do just something on Brother Eye, which I'm still kind of confused what it is in the Future's End universe. Um, But so pretty much... Batman Beyond goes to the past. He ends up dying, saving people. Tim Drake takes over. He travels five more years into the past and tries to destroy Brother Eye. Brother Eye sends him into the future, into the future that Batman Beyond came from, in which Bruce Wayne no longer exists because Brother Eye captured Bruce Wayne after Batman Beyond got sent back and sewed the Joker's face onto the back of Bruce Wayne's head and created this Batman monster, which he sent back to kill Terry McGinnis, it made zero sense. I Like, it was so stupid. I don't even know what you just said. Yeah. So, let's let's bring this back to conversions. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. I, I just, I'm and- like, I'm a huge Batman fan, but I didn't read it because I was like, this, I mean... I was following your journey the last 52 weeks, and it didn't sound appealing to me. I got to, like, issue 20 and was like, shit, I'm too far into this. Oh, yeah, I know. I I need to keep investing. Then I got to issue 30, and I'm like, wow, this is actually starting to get good. And then I got issue to 35, and I'm like, what happened? Yeah. It got bad again. Yeah. No, I'll read those last five issues because that sounds fine. Um, So DCU launched. 
um, getting new readers in. Uh, the timeline is all one timeline. And um, Superman... Uh, so... <sighs> He hasn't lost all of his powers. He's lost some of them. He can't fly. All his powers are extremely decreased. So, like, there's a part in it. I saw some panels today where he goes, and I'll probably get it because of the art. And, like, that's the thing. I'm a big fan of number one issues, (laughs) like getting the, the number ones. And I like the covers and everything like that. The artwork is fucking phenomenal, and that I can't I, remember. I, that. I can't remember who's doing the art. Um, I'll look it up. So is it like 1940 Superman? No, where he's able nope. to leap tall buildings faster than a speed. Like the basic Superman powers that they established him on. It is, but he's not able to leap tall buildings in a single single bound. I don't think he he's got he's tougher than he is because like there's a bunch. A bunch of guys attack him because what happens is Lois Lane outs him as Superman. Yeah, because I know people know who he is. <clears throat> and people, like, the cops want to arrest him. But then normal people are like, hey, man, like, you saved this so-and-so person. Like, we love you, of course. And then these guys go and they're like, you're an alien. Get off of our planet. And go to attack him. And he punches, like, all the three dudes, like, out. So, like, obviously he's stronger than normal, but for the first time ever, he's experiencing cold. He's, he's experiencing hunger. So he's he has more to sleep. human. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's completely more human. So all the things that I absolutely hated um, about Superman, about being a fucking mega god, able to put on uh, glasses and become invisible in a single bound, like, that is gone. So this this actually might be the Superman that I've been yeah, I've been waiting. I'm the same thing. I'm like yeah. I always thought Superman was too powerful and then when I read that I'm like I might actually pick up Superman without him having all these powers. Exactly. So um so yeah, so that Superman comes out um what else is out? Like there's going to be a new Robo Bunny Batman which is played by Jim Gordon um which Knowing that Jim Gordon is taking over for it makes sense to me. It is annoying what it looks like, but if Scott Slater is still writing it, it's still good. I, just, I won't give a shit. I don't know how it's going <clears> to <throat> mesh with the ending he gave Batman at issue 40 and then the Convergence world and everything that happened and everything being canon again. Like, Well, from what I heard... Is Batman in Convergence? He shouldn't be, right? Because he's supposedly quote-unquote dead, right? They have him, but I don't think his issues take place within the Scott Snyder Batman world. Okay. Because from what I've heard as far as um, Batman is that he's coming back as a god. Like, that's that's what he's supposed to come back as. Okay. Like, he's going to be Bat-God. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's just a rumor. I'm just telling you what the internet says, and the internet is always right. You know, Snyder did say he wanted to do something they never thought he he could do, and I don't think, you know, Jim Gordon Batman is something that DC would have been wholly opposed against in some crazy idea, so there's got to be something more going on there that right. we're missing out on. Right. We, um... Yeah, man, I don't know. We'll we'll see what's what's happening. But uh 
That's who it is. Oh my god, Aaron Cooter is doing uh, is doing Superman. I, I don't even know because I don't. I think they should have had him still have that beard though. He had a pretty epic beard near the end of Future's End. <laughs> I don't like that he's wearing the the, the Superman S the, on a blue shirt. That's fine, actually. It's the cape on his knuckles. Oh, and he, I think he I also thought that it. was blood. No, it's not. It's the shred of the cape. Oh. And I think he actually has it like on his motorcycle too. Yeah, that would make I guess kind of make sense. Yeah, but um, so Wonder Woman. Uh, well, actually, so first, Batmite is getting his own series. Cyborg is getting a well-deserved series. Martian Manhunter is getting a series. So there's some characters that I've wanted to see series. Not Batmite. I, I don't necessarily care about that. But um, the those other two, I think they've needed more of a front. You know what I mean? Um, so it's kind of nice that they're both getting their own series finally, which is cool. Um, but Wonder Woman, the Cliff Chang and Brian Azzarello comic that um, is amazing, and I preach it pretty much on every single podcast because I love it so much, apparently like that continuity may or may not be getting changed. Like at the last, like what happened with them is that Diana is the daughter of Zeus. She becomes the god of war. And it's fucking awesome. Like, if you like... I know, you like Thor. This mythology, it's the same... I gotta, it's just I gotta it's check so it out. epic. And um, the artwork, at least up until... Like, now it's different um, artist and writer. It's this uh, couple, like, husband-wife, the Finches. Um, and I actually haven't read theirs yet. They took over in October, but... Everything else, the first 33, 34 issues, brilliant. Brilliant. As some of the best comics I've ever read. See, personally, for DC, I really, really had wished that at the end of Convergence, they would have accepted the fact that there were multiple DC universes. Um, I read Multiversity. I thought Multiversity was great. It was um, a... As standalone, Multiversity was great. As the story that happened in the first and last issue, it was kind of iffy. Like, the story was really confusing. Yeah. But one of the coolest features it had was on each issue, there was a string on the left-hand side. That told you what world you were in, right? To tell you what universe it was in. And it was white, and the rest were grayed out. And I wish DC had adopted that. And, like, okay, I'm reading Batman, and Batman takes place in Universe 3. I'm reading Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman takes place in Universe 4. So you could have your own continuity. But you want 52 universes, man? I'm not saying that they have to use all 52. But, like, let's say they want to do a special issue of Batman, and they don't want it to affect continuity. They throw it in one of the other universes. Right. And can establish a completely different universe where, you know past events haven't happened or crazy events can happen and it doesn't affect right. the actual run of the comic book. So let me ask you this, because this this is the kind of stuff I don't know about. When Death of a Family came, actually Court of Owls came into Death of the Family, I read all of the tie-ins. And I didn't quite understand how there was a Detective Comics as well, like I know, like Superman has action comics, and he also has Superman. Like, how is like where is that continuity? See, I never read Detective Comics. I was just oh, running, really? reading 
the you just read regular Batman? Batman run. And it just happened that because I jumped in at Death of the Family, yeah. I missed Court of Owls, and I went back and bought the graphics for those. Yeah, yeah. And they had the tie-in issues. Okay. So I read the tie-in issues there. But I honestly don't know how there's two Batman comic books running at the same time. I think there's more than and that. And how the Actually. continuity meshes. Like, it would almost make sense to have these are two different yeah. continuities of Batman. The same thing with Future's End. Like, they did these this five-year jump into the future, and I bought some of these comic books, and they just made no sense at all. I, I don't know if I'll do the research on it. I probably will. But if any of you listeners know how there's multiple Batmans in the same world. And maybe, I mean, this is New 52. I'm clearly, that's all I'm asking about. Conversions probably changes it all. But um, if you know the answer to that, please, like, email us, uh, info, don't forget, towel.com, or tweet us at dfattowel, because I don't know. Like, because I know there was, like, I read Grayson, I read Batgirl, or Nightwing, uh, Batgirl, Batman and Robin, which I know then he died, Detective Comics, Batman. <laughs> See, like there was that black guy who was Batman. I don't um, even know anything oh, about that. He's um, I can't remember what his name Lucius is. Lucius Fox's son or something. Yeah, and he's got a like mech Batman suit. Yeah, like it's an Iron Man style Batman or steel. Yeah, like, <laughs> but um, like the tie-in characters, like Batgirl. All that stuff makes sense how it can tie in. It did. Usually, it all made sense. Usually they're not in the same comic book that often. Red so Hood crossovers and can make sense. But like having detective comics and Batman and Batman on Robin seems like how is Batman doing all this stuff? Are they taking place in different years? And that's how the story is. And you have thing. different writers, so there's different voices. Yeah. And like that was the other thing. It was just. I, it didn't confuse me, actually, but it was still... I didn't really think about it until now, where I'm like, how it, are all those together? It's kind of like how Eternal <clears throat> ran, because Eternal got really confusing at times, because you had, like, ten different writers writing right, Eternal, right. and they all had to try to mesh the story together, right. which it turned out to be an amazing story. 52 issues might have been a little bit much. Right. Some parts dragged a little bit, but... At least that meshed. I just don't know how you're going to mesh all these different Batman stories at the same time. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, so, Convergence is done. DCU is happening. Uh, let's switch over to Marvel, right? Marvel. <laughs> yeah, that's a Secret Wars right now. Yeah. Um, you've read the first two issues. Issue three, by this podcast dropping, just came out. Battle World issue two just came out. Um, I have a friend who's been reading Marvel forever, and I I texted him today before we did this, and I was like, just tell me what the fuck is going on, because I don't know. Like, I do not understand it. I was like, I didn't even know Reed Richards and those guys had kids. Like, <laughs> it makes sense, but I don't know. Um, so from what I gathered from what he told me is that... Uh, the Illuminati. Do you know them? I'm not going <laughs> to lie. My Marvel knowledge is Thor from the Thor Now comic books. <laughs> and then like a few random issues here and there of a few books. Yeah. Reading Star-Lord and uh, Rocket Raccoon. But yeah. they don't really mesh well with no, the they universe. Don't. Yeah. But they're good standalones. So no, I started reading Secret Wars and I'm like, I got to issue two and I'm like, 
I feel like I'm missing 55 years of knowledge to understand what's yeah. happening here. So I'll give you – I know a few things because I – so I'll give you my brief history to catch us up. Um, my uncle, huge comic book fan, been reading comic books since they started. Um, he's in his 60s now and uh, at least – when they started in the 60s, so around Marvel beginning, not so much DC. But uh, he's a huge Fantastic Four fan. Superman's his favorite. Um, he had all these all these old comics. And I remember him taking me out of school when the death of Superman happened. And we went to the comic book shop <laughs> to buy the issues. And then I bought two. One I kept in the bag and another one that I opened to read it. And I remember being like, I don't care about this. <laughs> like, I, I'm glad he's dead, I guess. And then, like, I remember this kid in class totally screwed me over in a way because he was like, I'll, I'll buy that off of you. And I was like, well, what will you give me? And he gave me, uh, he had every Punisher war journal, <laughs> like 1 through 75. And I was like, Punisher? Hell yeah. <laughs> you could take this stupid Superman comic. <laughs> I mean, the death of Superman isn't even actually worth that much money now. So no, in retrospect, it's worth like five bucks. Uh, yeah, now uh, now I don't care that it's not. But I remember at the time being like, "God damn it, maybe I got screwed out of it." But then I was like, "These Punisher War journals are so good." But um, so Spider Man's my favorite, though. It's always been my favorite. I've always read comics. I read Spider Man very diligently through until the Clone Saga happened, and when they were really debating that. Spider-Man was no longer Peter Parker and that he was Ben Riley. I remember being like, no, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I stopped. And then I would get buy issues here and there. Um, I don't know if you know Danger Girl. Did I make you read Danger Girl at you all? You did not make me oh read. Oh my God. Danger Girl is a mix of James Bond meets Tomb Raider, now meets Uncharted. And it's about a girl named Abby Chase who is like an adventure hunter and she has um like a oracle type girl a nerdy girl her boss <laughs> literally they drew him j scott campbell you know him the artist uh maybe not he's a huge dc artist or a uh, marvel artist maybe if you not. saw his work you would probably know him um so j scott campbell um one of the creators of gen 13 j scott campbell too and he drew the guy to look exactly like Sean Connery from Medicine Man. So his chest is out. He's got long hair. It's in a ponytail, and he's their boss. And he and like it's very much like James Bond meets Indiana Jones. And like every single panel is like action, and they go on these different missions. And there's more girls, and it's intrigue. So think about James Bond, but with like a little bit like maybe three James Bond with it's girls instead of guys. I'll let you borrow it. It's amazing. So. You know, I would still buy comics here and there, like, but that was at the time I started getting away from, like, the big two. I stopped reading DC, um, Batman here and there, but I definitely stopped reading Marvel. I just got annoyed with everything that was going on. And then Civil War came, and I was like, uh, I'm coming back. <laughs> and then Mark Miller started to become my favorite writer because then ultimate spider-man came out bendis did that i was reading that mark miller did ultimate x-men and i was like this guy's on fire then he does the ultimate and then i was like fuck this guy's crazy and then he comes out with kick-ass and i was like that's it he's my favorite no more but um now i'm back 
but I'm reading Amazing Spider-Man Thor. I think I'm reading Thor because of you. Because we met probably when the first couple issues of Thor Yeah, I think came it was out. like on issue 8 or 9 at yeah. the time. Yeah, so I really wasn't... I had issue 1, 2, and 3 and had to go hunting for 4, 5, 6, and 7. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Thor, reading that, um, but I don't know anything of Jonathan Hickman's and Jonathan Hickman's doing, uh, Secret Wars. So I never really got into Fantastic Four that much. And obviously it's very centric around that. Um, so from what I understand, the Illuminati, which is, at least it used to be in Civil War time, Professor X, uh, Namor, Black Panther, Black Bolt, Doctor Strange, and I want to say Captain America, and they decide amongst themselves what to do when there's huge issues that would tear the fabric of time and space. Like, not Avengers-sized issues where, oh, there's the Scrawler coming, the Kree are coming, let's band together. This is like, there's a world... That's about to collide with this our world, and this is what happens. And they go, "This is what we're gonna do. We're going to basically decide who lives and who dies, and we're gonna build that ship, and we're gonna go. And whoever's left, sorry about it." But they, and I guess there's like huge moral implications about because they basically are playing God about yes. deciding it, and. Um, Somehow, and I don't know exactly, like, Doom, <clears throat> they think he's dead, and he ends up going to a place and seeing a white light and becoming a god, and he's the one who <clears throat> is doing Battle World, right? Like yeah, he, so he controls the 21 he's districts. in Battle World. He yeah. is the god. He's God Doom. There's yes. multiple Thors protecting it, but I feel like this happened... In the 1970s Secret Wars that started this all? Like, you have that prequel Secret Wars thing. See, that was, like, multiple comics. And I was like, I don't have time to read this before I read this. Yeah. So I'm really confused because Battleworld has existed. Yeah. Everything from Battleworld is from the original Secret Wars. Okay. That's how God Doom came to be. Yeah. Then in Secret Wars 1... Reed Richards and all these heroes are trying to escape. Something happens. The ship blows apart and they're replaced by, from the ultimate universe, um, Reed Richards' son, who's some villain. Yeah, I don't know who that guy is. And then from their universe, it's Thanos, it's a couple of the other big villains, and they get in the ship and then they find it in Battleworld and they come out and it could challenge that Doom's a god because there's powerful beings from other worlds now. Okay. So if you're not a longtime Marvel reader like us, you know, you're kind of lost. And I think that's like, from from what I'm gathering, uh, Secret Wars is above and beyond everything they've done in Convergence. Um, but I'm sorry, if you're just a, a casual reader who hasn't been reading it for the last 10 years, you probably don't know. If you haven't been reading it for like 30 years, you probably won't, you know, even less. But um, I know the fallout is in September. So we're in June 
and then you got July and August for more of this, and, and then it ends. Secret Wars and all its books. Right. Then everything ends, and I know one of the things will be Weird World with Jason Aaron. Um, the new, uh, I think that A-Force actually dropped the team that, like, um, She-Hulk runs. I think it's more female-driven. Then there's the all-new, all-different Avengers is coming out. Um, with, and it's like, that one's like catered to the movies. You can see like visions there and like, uh, Miles Morales is there though. And then like some other guys. So Marvel's it's trying to do a ton to try to delete X-Men and Fantastic Four from its universe. Cause they don't have those rights. So yeah, that's, um, so with the new secret wars, so they released a couple things. They have a couple secret wars t-shirts that came out i don't know if you saw this or not no i didn't so there's some secret wars t-shirts came out and the old secret wars has everybody fantastic four x-men all of those the new secret wars shirts is like luke cage and like daredevil like people who didn't exist on the other ones but are now going to be in marvel slate and then a really another huge kind of kick in the ass is that every few years marvel releases like a huge poster with all of their heroes and villains like it fits like i mean not everybody but like all the a to b minus listers are on there and in the front obviously was like wolverine and fucking cyclops and all those guys all gone all of them gone so this new poster came out this week and like they're just taking it and like are you watching agents of shield no okay I'm not going to ruin anything about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but basically, that's mutants now. Like, they can't say, they can't say mutants, because, so... Oh, so, like, the re-origin story of um, Quicksilver. Quicksilver and stuff is that they're the enhanced, or whatever they're called, where they use the staff to make superpowers for people. The Terrigen Crystals. Yeah. Yep. Because you can't use mutants, because that's yeah. X-Men, so... Like, Terrigen crystals, that whole situation has been around for, like, it's, the Inhumans aren't new. Like, that's Jack Kirby. Like, that, that has been around for a very long time. If you are worthy and you're a potential Inhuman, you go through the Terrigen mist, you become a powered person. You live on this island, which don't, I think it's, I want to say it's Atlian, and um, you are away from humans. You, that's it. That's what happens. They choose who's going to be like for the most, like going through the mists. And if you have the powers like inside of you, you get it. So the only difference between like that and like a normal mutant, whereas normal mutant doesn't choose to become a mutant. They are, they're born with it. That's the way it is. The inhumans, they kind of choose and pick who they're going to put through the mist <laughs> If you aren't worthy, you will die. And, um, you know, if you have it inside of you, then you go. So, like, the enhanced, the twins, they they were enhanced. They had it. And then this guy, whoever fucked with them, put them back to their parents and was like, no, we just passed you off as, as mutants instead. But you actually are these. And they just retconned it. And, uh, you know, it's like... I'm I'm annoyed because you're shitting on 60 years worth of stuff. It's your stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? To, like you could do what you want. To... Yeah. But it's just it's just weird and it's like 
as comic book readers and, and TV watchers and merchandise buyers, we don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a huge Fantastic Four fan. I understand why the comics uh, sales, they, they, they sucked. Yeah. Canceled the comic. It's been going on for 60 well, years. You got X-Men. Those sales, I doubt, suck. No. <clears throat> the and X-Men, no. Look how big the Guardians of the Galaxy comics have. I mean... Rocket has his own comic. Yeah. Star Lord has his own. But comic, that's all Marvel, and it's all, it's Marvel, all Marvel stuff though. based off a movie. Where you ask someone three years ago who's Star Lord, and they'll be like, "Who is Star Lord? Is nope. he a Star Wars character?" Nobody knew. Like, Nobody knew. Um, which is fine. Which I'm glad because I didn't know. You know what I mean? When I heard Guardians of the Galaxy, it was like I recognize. I remember I recognized Yondu. Like, <laughs> like that was it. Star Lord. It's funny. There was a little three in a, what is it, three and 75 inch toys of Guardians of the Galaxy that I bought probably 10 years ago. And they're all of them there. And I had no idea who they were. I was like, I think I kind of knew Drax and I kind of knew Rocket. And, and I thought that Star-Lord was just, like, a shitty Nova Corps. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this guy's just got, like, a weird, shitty Nova Corps outfit. <laughs> like, I, and they all wore, like, these blue, um, these blue, like, suits. And I started actually reading that series when uh, Guardians got announced to be like, oh, okay, this matches my toy set. And then... Brian Michael Bendis took over, you know, right, I think before the movie came out, and now he's still writing it. Um, but no, I mean, the general public, who knows? Fucking talking raccoon. I remember my sister being like, I have no desire to see this. And I was like, this is the best Marvel movie probably out there. I, I would mean, say yes. Yeah, like, I mean, it, was it is. Really it's hilarious. It's smart. It's, it's, it's a testament to James Gunn, who I've always loved since Trauma. Um... Yeah, it's it's crazy. But anyways, before I go on too much, let me uh, go to a commercial break. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? (laughs) Well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions once again! Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! With imagery and imagination, you can travel into the mind of a crying clown where words are a picture into the soul and where feelings are conveyed not through words but through stories. Explore the three topics everyone finds hard to understand, life, love, and death. When It Rains by Robert Gutzmer. 
Get it on Amazon and BarnesandNobles.com. There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowl.com. Geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. All this top 40 music is so boring. Jeez, I sure wish I had something geeky to listen to. Well, I've got just the thing for you, stranger. Who are you and how did you get in my house? Don't even worry about that. If you're looking for the latest, greatest, and geekiest podcasts around, you should check out Those Geeks You Know. Those Geeks You Know? Wow! Three friends talking about comic books, movies, TV shows, all the things that I geek out about. But seriously, you gotta leave now. Be sure to check out Those Geeks You Know on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody that you know. You you gotta leave. I called the cops. So we just went off about Marvel and DC. Um, Jake, tell me about some of the other stuff, like the other companies. Because there's some other fucking amazing comics that are out. Other other companies. Let's go IDW first and Lock and Key. Okay. Book that got me... Started back into it. I need to download, uh, legally download this immediately. So, Lock and Key, I was at Barnes and Nobles. They had issue one on sale. It was like 15 bucks or trade one yeah. for 15 bucks. I picked it up and read it in like a day. Really? Yeah. It was amazing. And over the next week, I downloaded. Um, the comic book app on my cell phone. Comicsology. Comicsology, and then I downloaded it on my tablet and proceeded to buy uh, trade two, three, four, and five, and read them all. And then I, it was the end of the run. It was Alpha and Omega, and I bought those as individual standalone issues. I even bought two of the last issue to get two of the different variant covers. Are they from? Yeah. Lock and Key? Yes, yeah, so each one... And tell us what Lock and Key is about, because okay. like, I kind of know, but that's only because uh, they picked up a... They got a movie deal. I don't and know if they it's... Got, so they had yeah. a TV deal, and it went nowhere, <clears throat> and I think they might have a movie deal that they're working on IDW's right got a few different things in, uh, the, in the mix. So Lock and Key is the story of the uh, Lock family. They're an old family in New England... Uh, they have lived in this house forever, and the parents move away to California, and the father is murdered. Okay. And once the father's murdered, they move back home to a home that the three kids have never really been to. It was their father's childhood home. Their uncle lives there, and weird stuff starts happening. Well, it turns out this house um, was built on... A doorway to another dimension. And out come these demon things that need to either inhabit a human body or they die. Okay. And when they die, they turn into this weird metal. And when they turn into this weird metal, you can make it into a key that does magical things. So this sounds like the greatest comic ever. So, like, 
In Key House, they have a clock that you put the key in, yeah. and you can travel back in time. They have a key that you put in one thing, and you turn into like a 50-foot person. They have a key that gives you wings, a key that gives you super strength. They have a key that turns you into a ghost. You walk through, your body dies, and your spirit exits your body. And then they have a key that can make you change from a man to a woman or a woman to a man. Yeah. So the whole story is when the father was a teenager, they um, went down there to get some more metal to make new keys. Well, they failed, and one of the friends looked into the eyes of one of the demon and got inhabited on. They needed to kill him. They couldn't go through to the process of killing him, so they trapped him in this well that okay. used a magical key to pretty much lock your soul inside of it. Yeah. He escapes, and he's now trying to release all of his demon, demon friends. friends to inhabit more humans, and it's the fight these kids have. Now, the really interesting thing is... The reason the older people don't remember it is in the 1950s, they all, the whole family knew about the keys. But some of the family started using the keys for the wrong thing when they still had the metal. So one of them used a key to create a doorway that once you walk into the house, once you're over the age of 18, you forget, you forget and think it was all things you imagined when you were a kid. Okay. It is an amazing series. How how many? Five? So there's six volumes. Six. There's Head Games, Key to the Castle, it ends with Alpha and Omega, and each volume's probably six to eight issues at most. See, he had him there, because, so, Gabe, I want to say it's Gabriel Rodriguez. I think that's, I know it's Joe Hill, it's Stephen King's son is the writer. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, so did you see Horns? Yeah, I saw Horns. Beautiful movie. I loved that. Beautiful I read movie. 20th Century Ghost, which was one of his books. Okay. I read Cape, the comic book, which was based off one of his short stories. It's like a four or five issue run. Okay, yeah. So he does Lock and Key. So Gabriel Rodriguez was at Comic-Con last year, and he um, had like uh, like leather-bound editions or something like that of these. And like people were lined up because he had drawn... I bought the uh, variant cover of Edward Scissorhands that they put out. So he uh, drew that cover, and then Kate Laith, the writer, signed it for me. And then also he's doing Little Nemo and Slumberland. <laughs> um, but he's an amazing artist. Yeah. He does some amazing artwork in Black and Key. All right. I got to... You, you've sold me. That's a good one. <laughs> um all right, cool. So yeah, IDW. Um, I'm reading from them. Like I said, Edward Scissorhands. I'm reading. I actually want to read Gem. I have them. Um, I just haven't read them yet. Gem and the Hologram. Because <laughs> they go on adventures. It's not like this <laughs> shitty trailer. Like they go on like mystery adventures, and I I think it's funny that they're in a band like Josie and the Pussycats. Um, and then Turtles. Uh, I read issues here and there. I read um, Ghostbusters and Turtles Team Up. I got to read Turtles. I picked up the one from Free Comic Book Day. Yeah. And that got me hooked. That's that what I'm saying. good. I know. Like the artwork, like the turtles, I don't like that they look so young. But that was I just mean, that. That was just for the Free Comic Book Day. Oh, was they it? Normally, yeah, they don't, they're like 
normal. They look like the normal. There's there's a Nickelodeon series based off the Nickelodeon. And one. I think they look like the Nickelodeon series. Yep. And then there's the I guess adult ones that are like what we have now. What we're used to is the turtles. So, okay. Yeah, I think that little kid one was just a free comic book day exclusive. So which was that was a dark free comic book day they do, man. for how childish the artwork and it was, was. big yeah it was it like was a, a big long story yeah um all right what else are you reading uh got american vampire right read through the whole first phase of that starred phase two i love that series it's such an interesting concept that pretty much no other mythological creatures exist except vampires but there's so many different breeds of vampires. Yeah. So the ancient vampires look like gargoyles. There's vampires that are pretty much werewolves. And vampires have different weaknesses. Writing like this down, the too. Carpathian vampire. Which Carpathian? Is the Carpathian vampire, which <laughs> yeah. is like your traditional yeah. Dracula. Yeah. They're the ones that can't go out in the sunlight. They're white and veiny. Yep. Allergic to wood. Well... A way a vampire is born is by getting the blood of a vampire on you, and they've been evolving through the years. And so the book starts in the 1800s, and there hasn't been a new vampire breed in probably three, 400 years. There's this train robber, Skinner Sweet. He's a cowboy, outlaw dude, robs a train, ends up crashing. Turns out there's a Carpathian vampire on him. Beats the hell out of Skinner, thinks he leaves him for dead, but a droplet of his vampire blood falls into Skinner's eye and Skinner becomes the first new vampire. American vampire. The American vampire. Yeah. He looks human. He can go out in the sunlight, but he has a monster form that gives him claws. Yeah. Their only weakness is gold and the full moon. Okay. So like for years, people think the American vampire is invulnerable because they can't figure out how to kill him, yeah. what he's weak to, like they think he's not actually weak. And finally in the 1920s, he creates the first, uh, his first vampire that off of him. So there's now two. And I think by the 1950s, when most of the book takes place, there's like five American vampires. Okay. And that's the only of that breed. But then there's like the Grey Trader, which is the original vampire who's threatening all of vampire existence. And pretty much all the vampires but the American vampire are weak to, like, a signal the Grey Trader can put out that pretty much hypnotizes them. Who puts and turns them into the zombie. The Grey Trader. He's er, the original. No, sorry. What uh, publisher? Snyder and Vertigo, I think? That sounds like a Vertigo type of situation. I think it's Vertigo. Um, I'll, look it, I'll look it up. Vertigo, for me, uh, is Preacher... All the way. Um, yeah, you're yeah, right. It's a Vertigo book. Uh, Preacher, they're filming it right now for AMC. So it's probably coming out. I don't know how it is for TV. Like, if this is a movie, I would say we won't see it till next year. If they're filming a TV show now, I wouldn't November? be surprised if we saw it in the fall or, yeah. like, November or something like that. Maybe do, like, a weird, like, at the mid-series finale for the rest of the shows. Like, maybe even January. Like, they put out Preacher. Um, I don't know how it's going to work on television. Do you know what Preacher's about? No, I don't. So, in case you don't know, um, Preacher is about a... 
preacher um, named Jesse Cutler. Cutler, who's the famous Custard? Custer? Yes. Custer. Yeah, Custer's last name. So yeah. Cust- he's a ancient relative of him. Um, he's given his sermon. This angel comes down, gets inside of him, and gives him the ability that whatever he says, people have to do. So, kind of like in horns, almost. So, like, he tells a guy to, like, stick his head up his ass, and he, like, does it. <laughs> like, and, you know, if somebody was, like, going to point a gun at him, he could be like, you know, go shoot yourself or whatever, and the guy would do it and stuff like that. And if he asks you to tell the truth, you'll do it. Like, confess your sins. You know what I mean? So, what he does is, when he has this, like, insane power, omnipotent power... He um, notices that God really hasn't done anything for the human race. Like, I'm an, I have this angel inside of me. I can do all this good if I want to, but God has even more power than me. Like, why are all these people dying? Like, why do we have all these wars? Like, et cetera, et cetera. So what he decides to do is go hunt down God because God just leaves heaven and is like, you ain't coming after me. <laughs> Please. <laughs> And he sends, like, another person to go after Jesse. And Jesse comes across, like, he has his girlfriend and he has his best friend who is a vampire. Um, It's going to be, there's, like, a ton of characters. It's over 100 issues. It's, it probably is my favorite comic that I've ever read. I have to check Um, that out, then. It's very good. And also, Vertigo is Why the Last Man um, which is, so Preacher is Garth Enos. Um, Garth Enos just came out with that Where Monsters Dwell, that one that I showed you was like people in the 40s with, uh, dinosaurs or whatever. But, um, uh, Brian K. Vaughn is currently writing Saga and, uh, he wrote Why the Last Man, which is about a guy who is the last man on earth. All... All of a sudden, at once, every mammal with the Y chromosome dies. Every one of them. Except for him, his name's Yorick, and his monkey named Ampersand. And they're the only ones who are alive. So what he does is, like, he has a girlfriend, and she's in Australia. And I believe he's in, like, Washington or New York. And he makes it his goal to try to travel across the world to go see her. So women, half the women are like, this is, this is the way it is. Like, Lady Gaia wanted this to happen. We're going to cut off our boobs. We don't need guys. And they're kind of like crazy Amazons. And then the other part is like some women are trying to run the government, but like the government never really allowed women to get fully into power. So the government kind of gets broken <laughs> down. And then he has to like keep himself hidden because most women want to kill him. But... Then at certain points, like, because he's the only guy around, <laughs> some girls want to get with him. <laughs> so it's uh, it's crazy. It's a huge sweeping story. Yet again, I think it's like 120 issues or something like that. That would be my second favorite, like, overall thing. Like, obviously Spider-Man's going to be my favorite, and Batman are going to be my favorite superheroes. But as far as, like, just a beginning to the end you know how it ends like this is it it's not going on for 60 years amazing you know i I do like series that 
have an ending. Yes. Like, you know, I like a good comic book, but sometimes it just needs to end. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm currently also reading uh, Nailbiter and so Outcast. That did. Nailbiter, new one just came out today, too. I think so. It did. Yeah. Um, Nailbiter and Outcast. Outcast. Last week. And those have some pretty good story arcs, but I can at least, I think I see an end in sight for both of those. Maybe it won't be till a hundred issues, right? but it feels like this isn't going to be one of those books that just keeps going and going and going. It feels like there is a story arc they're trying to tell in both of those books. You know, what's interesting on the other side of that is that I'm at 140 something of Walking Dead and it could go on. For you, like that book is so fucking good. <laughs> Walking Dead, I read the first 13 trades thanks to my old boss at my old job. Yeah. And I got to get caught up, but that was a really good series. Then I started watching the show and I'm like, it just doesn't live up to the comic. It's, I think it's, I'm glad that I watched this show first because otherwise I would, I would agree with you. Um, I think that the show is very faithful to the comic now that I'm actually since I read them. It's just that there's a lot of boring stuff that happens in the show and the comic never is boring. Yeah. Like every single issue is crazy. <laughs> I mean, walking dead's the same thing. I think that, um, game of Thrones suffers from in that, in the you have show, the show in the comic. Okay. You have these two mediums that you want, you know, the original readers want it to be as loyal to the original as possible. It's never a good idea. But you can't do that. So what you got to go at it at is these are the same story told in two different universes. Yeah. Things are going to happen differently because they're not the same events. Like I was reading something with um, the guy who writes Walking Dead. His name is Robert Kirkman. Robert Kirkman asking him about the uh, Rick's hand getting lost. Yeah. And if it was going to happen in the show because he's helping on the show and he's like, I'm not really sure because... I'll write like five pages worth of Walking Dead sometimes and forget that I chopped one of Rick's hands off and had him do something with both hands and I have to go back and edit everything because I did this stupid thing. So he goes, I might just keep his hand in it because it'll make it easier to write the story. (laughs) That's actually pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's like, I mean, it's going to happen with anything. Like I I read the the True Blood books. Harry Potter. The True Blood True comic Blood. books were so bad. Comic? No, I read the books. Oh, I was going to say, books. the comic books, I tried to read them, no. none of those because they were supposed to take place between seasons. Yeah. And it just made zero sense. Speaking of that kind of stuff, did you ever read Heroes? Yes. The comics? I bought that huge oh, novel <laughs> they put out um, the first year. To yeah. Me. And I didn't think it was horrible. Yeah. Cause it's it was like heroes that didn't make it into the show. Yeah. But then I'm like, why don't these people ever run into each other on the show? Like it makes no sense. That's the thing. It's like, and you know, you're, some people are complaining about how like agent Coulson didn't, didn't show up in Avengers too, like from agents of shield. And it's like, well, they don't even know he's alive. Like I, they keep it separated. You know what I mean? Do you know the damage that would do to the Avengers team if they found out he was alive? I feel like how loosely they were tied together in the first movie. If well, they found Civil out, War is going to be. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to see that. Civil War to start like yeah. the first minute of the new Avengers right. movie. It's going to be. It's going to be crazy. Um, 
All right, so the future of comics a little bit. Like, what are you looking forward, if anything, of reading? So, Batman Beyond. I'm yep. going to read it even though it takes place in the future's end universe. Yeah. Um, I want to see where Outcast goes. I really want to see where that goes. That's I really hate it. interesting. Really? I was so bored. I thought it, I think it's such an I interesting like, concept. This, it is. But I was like, it's so... I, I stopped at the first arc. I might go and just binge read it again, but I was like, Ugh, this is like The Exorcist. Like you, like it could be so fast paced. You know what but I mean? It's not. It's, it's really super, it's not. super slow. That's that's it. That's it. Is it. It's like it's slow. a cool idea. I don't mind the characters, but it's just a real drawn out concept right now for me. I want to see what happens with Thor. Of um, course, we still don't know why he's unworthy. Nope. We know who Lady Thor is now. Yeah. We don't know what their future is with uh, everything that's happening in Secret Wars. Right. I still have my theory of what happened to Thor to make him unworthy. What is it? So. Just so everyone knows real quick, Thor became unworthy at the end of Original Sin, written by Jason Aaron, when, was it, who whispered? Loki? Nick Fury. Nick Fury whispered something. Saw something through the Watcher's eye. Yeah. So. Here's my theory. Thor's unworthy. In like <clears throat> issue four or five of the new run of Thor, I want to say it was four, he says something along the lines of like, if what Fury said was true, we're all doomed. So. Well, if he saw the two worlds colliding. Right. So what I think happened is since he has the Watcher's eye, the Watcher saw all possibilities of all times and everything. I think he saw a world... Of Secret Wars in which Thor does something horrible. Yeah. Tells Thor what he did. It makes him unworthy. And Thor can't become worthy again until that event occurs to decide whether or not Thor is going to be worthy. Okay. But then how can that event occur if he's unworthy now? Because the hammer can sense the unworthiness since Thor was told and he started to doubt himself. Yeah. Because of what he was told, which made him unworthy, I think. Well, I'm saying, okay, so if the if the Watcher, you're saying, saw what happens in Secret World, or yeah. Secret Wars, yeah, he saw him do something unthinkable. Yeah. But if Original Sin is before Secret Wars and he's unworthy now, how could that event ever happen in Secret Wars? Multiple universes <laughs> collided. I don't have all the answers. It's comic books. Just like, how can Wolverine be dead? He's going to come back to life again. Well, yeah. will he? Yeah, who knows? I Actually, don't know that's about that. Will <laughs> so uh, Deadpool? I don't know about that. No, it's just maybe it happened in a different universe, or maybe Thor becomes worthy again and then becomes... On. There's like... Hey, man, it's just I don't so know. Confusing. I was just I'm being I, devil's advocate. I can see where you're coming from. I'm being Loki's advocate. <laughs> but I want to see where Thor goes. Yeah. I'm interested to see where Snyder takes Batman. Yeah. Um, side of that, there's nothing, like, super big I've heard about coming out that's got me, like, on the edge of my seat waiting for a next comic book. Games are picking up again for me. That's where I think I'm going next. Well, I think, like... I started reading Ant-Man. It's on issue five. Ant-Man is 
one of the smartest comic books that I've read. It's very funny. It's almost as if Deadpool was Ant-Man. Like, not, like, completely out of control, like, just referencing, like, you know, himself and TV shows and stuff like that. But, well, he, d- he does reference a lot of pop culture, but it's just very smart. You can you could see, like, if they geared it towards Paul Rudd, you could definitely see Paul Rudd delivering these lines and it's a it's a cool comic in the sense it's a lot like hawkeye like he's not with the avengers everyone hates him (laughs) and they're just like you're a shitty dad you're a shitty superhero (laughs) and nobody trusts him so it's it's cool he's just a down on his luck dude and he's trying to like make himself a better hero um jeff lemire took over uh hawkeye hawkeye um, even though Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, which I loved, isn't yet finished, there's still more one more issue left, and it seems like Secret Wars is yet again delaying it. Um, so I'm looking forward to the end slash continuation of Hawkeye. <laughs> All I can say, with comics that got canceled, maybe with Dark Knight 3 happening, Frank Miller and Jim Lee can get together and finish All-Star Batman and Robin. Right, so that's the. That I also am very much looking forward to that. Brian Azzarello and um, and Frank Miller. I can't remember who the artist is though. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of hope they go away from that '80s art though. Like I the under- Frank Miller art. You yeah, mean? The Frank <laughs> like, Miller. If he draws it. Yeah. I don't think he is. I don't. I think he's like done with drawing. It's interesting artwork, but it's rough to look at at times. I used to think that way. Like, when Sin City, bef- way before the movie, I had a friend who re- who read Sin City in college, and I was like, a black and white comic? I don't think so. And then he's like, dude, just read. It was like this weird one shot with Marv, and it was like a Valentine one or something. He's like, just read it. Like, you will like the writing. So I was like... Oh shit! This is actually really good. <laughs> and then I like went back and got him. But Frank Miller, I think, is just—it's just his aesthetic. You either like it or you cringe at it because it is—it's ugly. It like is he doesn't do justice artwork. to to any of the characters. They got big faces and like. I mean, I but then okay. So think about that shot in The Dark Knight Returns, like when Batman's like standing like this and he's completely bloodied and he looks bulgy and everything. Like, I love that shot. (laughs) It's got its charm in places, but then it's also like throughout the whole thing, a little rough to look at. Yeah. I don't mind it, but I definitely understand where you're coming from. But I, I forgot about that. That I am very much looking forward to. Um, everything that Valiant is doing, I I know you haven't read anything. I'm I trying to make it. It. I'm trying to make everyone read Valiant. Everybody who's listening, please read Valiant. Like they are fucking killing it with all of their comics. Every single one that I've read has been very good. And this Valiant Next, I think started in 2013. It was the same thing, like a New 52 and a Marvel Now, just get people into it again. Um Valiant's been around for 25 years, so they're a little bit younger, but whew, awesome. Everything's been awesome. So um, other than that, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to keep reading, like you said, keep reading Thor. I'll keep tuning into Spider-Man. I don't know what's going to happen after Spider-Island and all that shit, but I'll still try it. I stand by him. <laughs> if they ever make a good standalone symbiont book, I'll pick that up because I love the Venom and Carnage characters. Yeah, I don't know. The last time Venom showed up, he was in Guardians, and I heard it was 
I heard very mixed. I heard it was horrible and I heard it was really good. So there was nothing in the middle like, oh, it was okay. It was like very 50-50. I heard the carnage from the role reversal they did. Ultimate Spider-Man. A couple years ago or like a couple months ago where some of the bad guys turned into good guys and some of the good guys turned into bad guys. I didn't see that. Was it in Spider-Verse, maybe? No, it was like a Marvel event, like... Axis? Axis, yeah. Right, nobody read that. Nobody read it, but I heard, <laughs> I heard the carnage... Was cool. Being a good guy yeah. was, like, funny. Like, okay. I guess there's a scene where, like, someone's robbing a bank, and Carnage is standing there with the robber's arm, and he goes... I stopped him. Didn't I do a good thing? Yeah. And he's holding his bloody arm. That's funny. So I got to check that, that out. Yeah, I don't know if I can devote an entire time to read all of Axis because I've no, only just heard like horrible some things. of the yeah random stories from I, it. I read those. Um, all right, man. Anything else? I don't think so. Shit, we we covered the entire comic history <laughs> we, we covered a lot of comics i mean like let's spend the next hour going into the comic book code. <laughs> gosh all right well this is uh casey saying um you know check out the other podcasts that we have that you heard commercials for the pursuit of plastic uh, gourmet scum radio those geeks you know you can check us out on twitter at dfat towel and on our instagram page as well and on facebook if you have any comments, you want to tell us what your favorite comics are, you can email us at info at don'tforgetatowel.com. And I think that's all the plugs for me. What else you got? I got nothing to plug. Just listen. Maybe I'll appear again. <laughs> you probably will. All right. Thank you, Jay, for being on the show and sharing your geekiness with everybody. Um, this is Casey saying bye. Bye. Bye.